It's time for another edition of Pro Farmers Midwest Crop Tour Podcast. It is Season 2, Episode 2 of the Crop Tour Podcast. Davis Michelson yeah. is with me today. I'm here. Because Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady, who would normally be with us, is at the Leading Edge Seminar. That's right. That's and right. Jeff Wilson, Pro Farmer Senior Market Analyst, is also at the seminar. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, right now they are delivering the outlook on grains. I would assume so, yes. And I would assume that they are busy calling up the crop progress report that we got from NAS this afternoon, and and guys, There's probably nothing interesting in there, right? Guys, I want to tell you, good grief! You got corn silking for the U.S. at seventeen one seven percent versus a five-year average of forty-two percent. Wow! Real quick, Illinois nineteen percent versus sixty-seven percent. Indiana coming in at ten percent silk versus forty-four percent for the five-year average. Iowa just eight percent compared to the uh, the five year average of forty percent. Now, obviously, we are normally behind the the development pace that they have over in the eastern belt. But this uh, that eight percent number kind of surprises. That's me. rough. I, I thought there would have been a little bit more over in western Iowa than what than evidently what there is. Mm-hmm. So it obviously still got a long ways to go there. Uh, let's go up north, Minnesota, 2% versus a five-year average of 23%. To the west, we've got Nebraska coming in at 11% versus a five-year average of 42%. Uh, Kansas is in at 36 versus 56 for a five-year average. And then all the way over to the eastern edge, you're looking at Ohio at 6% soaking versus a five-year average of 30%. Wisconsin's in at 1% versus a five-year of 13%. Obviously way behind. Well, uh, and we're, yeah. Uh, the, we're making, you know, we're, we're that far behind. And think of the weather conditions that we had last week, Davis. Mm-hmm. We had lots of sunshine. We had l- some hot temperatures out there. Yep. We were pushing that crop forward, this corn crop forward. And as of Sunday, as of yesterday... That's as good as we could get. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, look who's look who's doing well. You've got Kentucky uh, at sixty on a, on a five year average of sixty eight, and then let's go to North Carolina, yeah. sixty two on a uh, well About eighty or eighty on an average of of ninety uh, percent soaked right. Right. over the five year average. Yep. Yeah, and you know that part of the world was a little warm and dry early in the season when we were cold and wet. The southeast was hot and dry. Mm-hmm. So um, it 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 is a tough tough situation yeah. for this corn crop as yeah. far as the progress goes. On the condition side of things, <clears throat> guys, the corn crop improved a tick. This I don't get. Well, it went from fifty seven percent good to excellent, and forty seven percent good, ten percent excellent last week, to forty eight percent good and ten percent excellent this week. Okay, uh, compared to a year ago when we were at seventy two percent. Eh, okay, condition is well off. I think we knew that. This is a tricky time of the year for these condition reports. Mm. It, it, it really is because what's happening? The, the latest planted corn is getting defense post high. Mm-hmm. 
And once it gets to that level, you're starting to hide some of the holes that are out there. You're starting to see the uh, the tractor tires that you could still see. Right, right. <laughs> the tractor tracks that you could still see in some of those cornfields. Those are evening up and disappearing. Yeah. I'm not saying that those that those corn plants that were stunted in the early growth are going to have the yield potential of those that were not mm-hmm. because they don't. But for a period of time, everything kind of evens out and looks okay. Yeah. So I think a lot of the corn is into that. And as a result, uh, we had that one-point uptick in the amount of corn rated good. All right. You got soybeans there, too, looks yep. like. Yep, we're going to jump past the emerge. We're 95% emerge compared to a five-year average of 99%. Okay. And jump out to the blooming, uh, 22% for a national average uh, blooming pace compares to a five-year average of 49%. Again, some of the primary states, you've got Illinois in a 12% blooming versus a five-year average of 54%. Oof. Uh, Indiana's in at 7% versus a five-year of 51%. See, this makes a little more sense to me. You got Iowa in at 26% blooming versus a five-year average of 52%. Um, And I don't know if it makes all that much sense to me or not because, I I mean, if a bean plant is up and out of the ground, Mm -hmm. you're probably – you can probably find a bloom on it because the length of night is telling that plant to go ahead and bloom. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know. I don't know. It's – uh, we're late. Uh, we heard a lot of it this morning at the Leading Edge Seminar. Yes, we did. About ankle-high to mid-shin-high uh, soybeans. And mm. the one guy says, yeah, no, I'm almost filling the filling the, the canopy uh-huh. on a seven-and-a-half-inch drilled beans. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That was so. – uh, I, I did talk to Jeff Wilson just a little bit, and his comment on, the, on his drive over from uh, the eastern Wisconsin area. Mm-hmm was the lack of canopy out in those beans yeah. all the way over here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we had a one-point uptick in the condition ratings on soybeans as well. Went from last week's at 53% good to excellent uh, to this week's 54% good to excellent. Okay? Is that right? 46 and 7. Yeah, it's 53 yeah. for last week and and 54 for this week. Yep. So it's uh, not a great bean crop, and we heard that time and time again. Uh, the uh, the We asked the growers this morning at Leading Edge Seminar to go ahead and rate their corn crop, mm-hmm. rate their bean crop on a 1 to 10 scale, yep. with 1 being the worst ever that they've had, 10 being the best ever that they've had, and five being the APH, crop equal to APH. Um, I was a little surprised to hear as many four and a half and fives on soybeans as mm-hmm. we did. Mm-hmm. Um, there weren't many that pushed over a five, yeah. but I didn't hear as many twos and threes as I thought we might. Right. Uh, and there are growers from the Eastern Belt in the room. So. A lot uh, the the eastern belt was coming in with three and a lot of worry, mm-hmm. uh, so th- there is that. But boy, I tell you, the corn crop uh, had them rate it, and Jeff Wilson computed the average rating, mm-hmm. and it came in right at five. Yep, dead even, dead even at five point oh. So it uh, it is a five year average crop, which takes me back to a comment, and I've mentioned it a couple of times on the air. Takes me back to a comment from Vic Miller on last week's Farmer Forum on Wednesday yep. on AgriTalk when he said, 
you know, up here in Old Wine, Iowa, we're kind of in the garden spot. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're still going to be off 40 to 50 bushels from what we were from the last two years. So there's your difference between an 8 and a 5. An 8 on the 1 to 10 rating might be a 240 or 250 yield potential. A 5 could be all the way down to 200 bushels an acre. Mm -hmm. But still, in the garden spots, you're still off 40 to 50 bushel. I think that message that Vic sent is resonating very well with a lot of producers mm-hmm, out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Crop tour is going to be uh, quite the yeah. rodeo this year. Absolutely. Um, nobody understands how the crop tour works better than the people that were in the room for today's leading edge True seminar. Yep. And there's still a lot of questions on how we're going to handle the situations out there. Yeah. Uh, number one question that I got from guys today is what are you going to do with all the immature samples that you pull on corn? Obviously, the more mature a sample is, the more comfortable and confident we are that that sample is showing us actual yield potential. Right. Um, I shouldn't have said potential. It's showing us actual yield. Okay. When you measure that immature crop, you're measuring potential, not actual yield. Okay. Uh, so that's when you got to lick your finger, stick it up in the air, and take some Kentucky windage on, on where that crop tours or where the the, the crop is actually going to end up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where we rely yeah. on twenty five years of experience, twenty six years of experience pulling these samples, and we've got a few years out there that we're going to be able to look back at and say, now look what happened here. Okay. Uh, look what happened there. Uh, one of those years, based on the comments from Mike Tanura mm-hmm. to the Leading Edge seminar crowd today, is uh, to take a hard look at what happened in 1995. All right. Because he is starting to see some some similarities there. 1995 was the year that guys like me learned about, potentially for the first, well, for me it was the first time, uh, learned about the influence of high nighttime temperatures. Mm. A nighttime low above 70 degrees. That prevents the crop that that plant that spent all day capturing energy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. B- t- t- turning that energy into sugars. Right. Well, you've got to let it rest at night by getting those temperatures under 70 degrees so that the plant can then transfer all the sugars into the kernels and turn those sugars into dry matter. Okay. When you turn the dry mat and turn it into dry matter, it gains weight and weight is yield. Mm-hmm. So if you prevent that from happening by keeping those nighttime temperatures too high, right. you shorten up your grain fill day, hmm. your or your grain fill period. So the, number one, that's that's a big concern there. The other thing that Mike was talking about was 1995 featured an early frost. Ooh. <laughs> I don't remember the oh, exact you're date. Say that. I don't remember the exact date in in 1995, but he did mention that there was an early frost in 95 and you cannot rule it out. If we get into the the last few days of July and we've got that heat coming back in, he said that you can anticipate that the heat will continue into August. If that happens, okay. A hot a hot mid-June through end of August period suggests uh suggests an early frost wow so a quick fall off on those temperatures exactly now he pointed it out in 1995 and i said yeah but it didn't matter in 95 because the crop was dead already by the time we got there because 
during Labor Day weekend, 1995, it was like 96 degrees, and the wind was blowing 30 miles an hour for three days straight. And by the time we got to that first frost, like around September 20th or whatever it was, it didn't matter because the corn was dead anyway. The corn crop died Labor Day weekend that Mm. year. And it was uh, it, it was just a shocking how suddenly it happened. I sure hope we don't go through anything like that again this year. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then yeah. Keep in mind, in 1995, the real rally didn't happen until the summer of 1996, coming off the short 95 crop, and another year of planning delays in the spring of 1996. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, so. How are we going to handle all these immature corn samples? Yeah. We're going to lean on experience. We're going to pull the sample like we always do. We're going to compare it to other years when we have had to deal with a high number of immature corn samples. The big problem for this year, Davis, Mm -hmm. is I got a feeling we will never have had this many immature samples in our full sample profile. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still going to pull 1,400-plus corn samples, but the percentage of immature samples this year will probably very likely be the highest yeah. that we have ever pulled. You know, add that with the insomniac soybeans. Yeah. Could be some trouble. Very much could be. Yeah. Very much could be. Uh, yeah. Uh, the guys are pretty indifferent on beans. Yeah. Uh, they they really were. I mean, they, they planted them because they had to. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. So, all right, that's it for this week. We're going to cut it a little bit short. Next week, Brian Grady, Jeff Wilson will be right back with us here on the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour Podcast.